When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. We also hope you'll rate us on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Give us a good rating. Or you could just fall asleep and not give us a rating at all. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me today is a dear friend, Ashley Como. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thank you. Hi. Ashley, you... Hi, I should say hello back. Hello, it's hello. always nice. We, we were chatting before, so you know, it's funny, because when you're recording a podcast, you have sort of a little conversation mm-hmm. prior, to the con- prior to going on, and so, you know, you have to make this sort of fake welcome when you've already had a conversation with a friend or right? someone, you know? Yeah. Have you ever had to have a phony conversation with someone? Oh my gosh, all the time. Have you ever worked in customer service? Of you course. Know, you it's not that you're lying, right. but it's not, you know, hi, how are you today? Oh, you know, I've been better. I have to do my taxes or anything like that. But it's more, um, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. You say, I'm fine. Of course. Well, every once in a while, I'll slip in a little bit of reality if mm. I'm feeling cheeky. And the look on people's faces, the color seeps from their face and they don't know how to deal with realness. It's, oh, I, I, it's so funny you should say that. I was... Um, at work today, and I, I work in a restaurant, uh, sort of as my Joe job, mm-hmm. and um, I, this woman came in and she said, I would like to have the whatever sandwich, and I said, I'm sorry, we're only serving breakfast right now, we're not serving lunch, and she's like, this is, what did she say, she's like, this is absolutely the worst thing ever, and I said to her, actually, it's not the worst thing ever, it's just a little disappointing, because I was kind of like... Lady, let's let's let's, let's, let's be world. real here, right? Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to ask you, what has been the best or the worst Joe job you've ever had? And I should mention mm-hmm. for our listeners, a Joe job is just kind of a job that you have to facilitate your income. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like it could be a job that you have in between work mm-hmm. or a job you have just to pay the rent let's say yeah your spirit and your heart isn't necessarily in it right um but your ambition is because you want an income right i wonder where it gets its name joe, joe job. job poor joe poor joe yeah. poor joe oh gosh okay uh worst joe job i've ever had um this is a loaded question 
I, w- I will say this. I will say this. Um, one of the best Joe Jobs I've ever had. Okay. I love. Um, there's this Canadian um, chicken house called Swishale. Oh, okay, of course. I thought I thought you were talking about an actual like place no, like, that raises chicken. No, 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 no. No, the chicken house named Swishale. They have Saint Hubert in Quebec or whatever. Of course. But, in English, Canada, it's Swiss Chalet. It's a rotisserie chicken uh, restaurant, mm-hmm. and Swiss Chalet happens to be a quintessential sort of Canadian, Canadian... staple. Yeah. The sauce. You get the mm. chicken for the sauce? Like, I could drink that stuff. In fact, I have. You know, it's funny because I have a dear friend, Michelle Miracle, who I'm going to get on this um, podcast when she's visiting from uh, L.A. or when I'm there. And we, she had heard so much about Swiss Chalet <laughs> and the sauce that when she was here last, she's like, take me to the Swiss Chalet that you guys talk about. <laughs> and we took her for American Thanksgiving, which is in November, oh, yeah. whereas Canadian Thanksgiving is in October. October. And we sort of had her Thanksgiving at Swiss Chalet, and she's like, you guys go crazy for this sauce? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was nervous to get that job. I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. and I was nervous to get it because I didn't want to find out that it was dirty or oh, I couldn't eat there right? or some, something like that. You know, chicken, you have to be super, super careful. Of course. And I no longer work there. It has been almost two decades. Right. But I'm proud to say that it was one of the cleanest restaurants well, I've ever worked at. And so to that this That makes day, me happy because yes. I'm a big fan of Swiss Chalet yes. as well. So. You, you have to be mm-hmm. a, a, a both a big fan and super clean. Right. But um, to this day, I have no problem eating there. Because I know how, like, the safety measures they put in sure. place. And so I think that was one of my best show jobs was working at Social A. I was also in charge of making the Sundays. Oh, well. And what I would do is scoop out the Sundays, and you have to lean into the freezer. Right. And so I'd make the Sundays with extra ice cream for everybody. And then I made a little serving for myself. Uh, as you would. So when I dipped into the freezer, it would be okay put it here into the Sunday cup for the patrons. One scoop for you. One scoop for you. One scoop for me. Size 12 takes effort. Hey, I think that's um, a Julia Julia Childs. I was going to say Julia Roberts, but I think Julia Childs Mm -hmm. and Julia Roberts subscribe to that rule. So there you go. I'll have to to tag Julia Roberts on our (laughs) podcast and see if she is a subscriber to the one for you, one One for for me me. rule. (laughs) One of the weirdest Joe jobs I've ever had was this was once again years ago maybe two decades a friend's mom worked in a mall at like a a big department store say like a sears or a macy's one of those kind of things and it was around father's day and she desperately needed someone to represent a brand of cologne and spray it on people as they walked (laughs) into the section so i was standing there with this bottle of horrid smelling cologne and it's I won't say the name because it's a it's still a pretty pretty popular one but it was horrible and I would I would ask before I sprayed it and I didn't want to mace people but I was like uh, would you like a sample of blah 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 cologne and I did that for three days over like the Father's Day weekend and I would never ever do it again Mm-mm. my mother uh, used to work at a makeup counter in a department store mm-hmm. And so she was in charge of giving makeup tips and giving makeovers. Mm. And she actually had um, she had a male come in and ask for makeup. And this was before kind of 
society has Pub- changed. Public and, acceptance, sure. yeah. And she was so excited to do makeup on a man. Right. I'll never forget this story. But she would always come home smelling like she had just drank a quart of any perfume. Right. It was beautiful and disgusting at the same time. It's funny how you can bring the smells of your work home. And in certain jobs, it's great. And in other jobs, it's not so great. And, uh, you know. No. No, whenever I came home smelling like calamari, fried calamari, you know. You know. You wish for other things. Fair enough. I should mention that you are a hot sauce maker. I am. And you had given me two types of hot sauce once. So first, before we talk about the hot sauce that you gave me, how did you get into hot sauce? Making hot sauce with my friend Jason DeRoss. Um, He is a Second City alum like myself, Mm -hmm. which uh, means that we wrote and perform improv and sketch comedy in Toronto. Um, We talked about our love for spicy foods. Okay. And he said, I have this recipe for Trinidadian hot sauce. Do you want to get together and mix them? I love love where their story is going. (laughs) I said, yes, I'll bring the beers. So we had some beers and started... He went to Chinatown and got an assortment of hot peppers we had never seen before. Amazing. I went to the grocery store, did the same thing, and we mixed them. Oh, so there was no rhyme or reason over Mm-mm. the peppers that you used? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. And we named the specific hot sauce based on color or taste or if we add too much lime or garlic or right. all that kind of stuff. The best part, I think, was naming them. What was your favorite sauce to name? <sighs> Uh, hot Christmas. Hot, and why did Hot Christmas get its name? Lots of jalapeno peppers. Okay, green. Lo- green. Lots of red Thai chilies. Red. So there you go. So that's... Green and red. Oh, hot Christmas. Hot Christmas. And we had milk, milk. on standby. Okay. Because when it gets oh. too hot... Because, you know, you make mistakes. But... Sure. And a bag of turkey. We should chips. say that you had the milk because if you consume something that's very spicy... They say that milk or milk products will help cool it down. Dull it, yeah. Yeah, so that's why a lot of, if I'm not mistaken, Indian cuisine has yogurt mm-hmm. yogurt dishes as well because mm-hmm. it has a cooling effect. And cheese in Mexican food. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. I love both those things. Me too. Me too. So if you were to give advice to someone who's making hot sauce, mm-hmm. what would that be? If you have any kind of... <laughs> open sores on your hands okay wear gloves see i wasn't expecting that i was <laughs> expecting some sort of hot sauce making tip but that's a really good tip and don't touch your eyes don't touch uh, your or eyes. any other sensitive body part when you're making uh anything with hot pepper or hot spice or citrus too oh citrus too lots of lime juice in it ah which ones did i give you oh you gave me one that was very green and it was called um green monster green monster yes after the park or the, the sign in Fenway Park. Yes. Green Monster, where you hit a home run over. And then the other one was um, pale in color, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't red or green. It was a... Hmm. Oh, I remember liking it a lot, too. Oh, darn. I feel like it was named after a person. A Ninja Turtle? No, not hmm. a Ninja Turtle. I feel like it was like... Bill Clinton's Revenge or something like that. I don't know if that was what it was called, but... I will be making that hot sauce very soon. There you soon. go. So I... Now, you make hot sauce. How do you judge 
a good or bad hot sauce. Because there's, for example, there's a very popular hot sauce that everyone knows. I won't mention its name because I really don't like it and my wife loves it. No. And um, it's not that one. Uh, Ashley just uh, mouthed the words of a hot sauce. (laughs) My wife loves it and it's not for me. And so I don't like it. But there's this other one that is some, you know, I love to look at the the labels on the bottles of mm-hmm. hot sauces because mm-hmm. they're always like someone whose eyes are all spinny around and steam coming out of their ears or it's like it has an expletive in it so it's like the blankety blank hot, hot sauce, sauce you'll ever have but there's one with a Mexican maiden on it that is my favorite and I can't remember the name of it it's like uh, is it Valencia? no it's not Valencia it's like Chulala or something like that. It's not. It sounds. I. It, it sounds like I'm making fun of a Spanish or Mexican person, but I'm not. It has a name like that, and it has a Mexican maiden on it, and it really doesn't look hot. Like it looks. Thing. It looks like probably the last one you'd pick up. It's my favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah. One of my favorites. It has a little wooden top to it. I know exactly okay. what you're talking and about. I wish I could remember the name. I had it, but I finished it. I go to my fridge to find it. I know exactly mm. what you're talking about. There's also one that's a very simple vinegary, red vinegar, mm-hmm. um, that you can buy at the dollar store for a dollar. No. And it looks, it looks like something you'd never want to ingest, but is the most flavorful hot sauce I've ever had. Have you ever had bomba? Mm-mm. You've never had bomba? It's bomba. I'm going to have to get you some bomba. What it is, it's actually from my father's part of Italy. Hmm. So he he is from the southern part of Italy, Calabria. And that's the, if you look at Italy like a boot, it's the toe. Hmm. So it's like the, the from the ankle, to, or from the heel to the toe is that region. And bomba means bomb. And it's a mix of spicy peppers and oil. Um, and so it's roughly cut pepper. It's not It's mm. not like a puree. And you put it onto bread or whatnot, and you eat it sort of like a bruschetta. Oh. And the, there's actually one from my dad's little town in Calabria, and it looks like a little, you know, those dynamite, dynamite sticks that, uh, say, Bugs Bunny would light yeah. up? Or the coyote. It kind of looks like one of those. And it even has a wick to it or a phony wick. And... Uh, Trevor Martin, who's been on the show, says he always have it. He always has that one in his house. Oh wow! He's a big he's a big consumer of hot sauce. Well, Did you know to that? Know. Yeah. Good to know. Um, there's so my partner Connor, his parents, his parents went to um, Israel to visit his brother, who was doing some. Um, he took some courses with like museum archival some kind of thing like that um an excavation and so connor's brother owen does this kind of work it's connor's brother's name is owen Mm -hmm. and he's from owen sound i know okay so i I just need to mention that we'll get connor on one day to talk about actually owen sound because it's a beautiful place that i think our listeners would love to know about he was actually born in walkerton ontario oh there you go Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that too we'll talk about those two um so Connor's parents went to visit Owen in Israel, Israel, and they went to Jordan and Petra, and they went to um, they went to a spice market as well, and they brought home zatar. Have you ever heard of zatar? No, zatar. Zatar. Z a a t a r. I believe. I believe. Sure. With an apostrophe in there somewhere. Okay. Um, it's it's an aromatic 
spice that kind of blossoms as you cook it. Yum. It's used in kebab, lamb kebab, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they brought home for us za'atar, which I had never heard of. Um, and this bag of spices called hot Israeli. Okay, it's, it's actually called hot Israeli. That's what was on the bag. Okay. It wasn't um, an airport gag. Right, gift. sure. It was a bag with a sharpie that said za'atar and another bag that said hot Israeli. Israeli. Okay. I have never been able to find the spice since, so I use it so sparingly. But it's as if hot sauce was equal parts spicy mm-hmm. and floral. Oh, yum. Oh, my gosh. I put it in all my pasta sauce, all my chili. It's hot Israeli. I don't... If any of the listeners know what this is, I would love to know what this is. So um, we should mention your Twitter handle oh, yes. so that people can follow you. And if they have the answer, they can tweet you the answer. That would be incredible. My Twitter handle is at... Ashley Como, A-S-H-L-E-Y-C-O-M, as in Mary, E-A-U. And we'll put it on our uh, our podcast notes so people can find it Wonderful. there. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, hot Israeli. Is there anything else? I love the fact that you just mentioned you have something that you use sparingly because you don't want to go through it. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of those things, and then my wife will turn around and use it all, and I'll be like, you <gasps> used all the... Whatever. What are those things? Do you know? Oh, she would be able to list them all off. Like I, I, I'm a little bit of a squirrel where I kind of like, I'm going to just keep this for mm-hmm. a rainy day. I once had a cupboard full of craisins, she'll tell you. And for people who don't know what craisins <laughs> are, it's kind of like raisins but made with cranberries. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners in Europe who may not be familiar with cranberries, it's a North American fruit that grows in bogs. and Very it's tart. Very tart. Um, so, because I know the only reason I say that is, uh, my family from Italy w- would ask me what's cranberries, and now I think they have cranberry juice there, but they would be like, "What exactly is it?" And there wasn't a word that we could find that was cranberry. Was in, the in, same, in, yeah. In, you know, yeah. Are there other Italian delicacies that they have that we don't have here in Canada? Well, it's not a question of that we don't have here; it's that they haven't been discovered yet. Mm. So it's one of those things where it's like you know, all of a sudden, it'll be all the rage. So, for example, no one knew what polenta was 10 years ago, and then it became the thing everybody wanted, right? Well, we I have been having polenta since I was a little kid because it's a northern Italian dish that my mother happens to be the, from northern Italy. But I'll notice that these sort of dishes sort of come into fashion, and all of a sudden, everyone's having pasta and fagioli or mm-hmm. uh, frico or, like, these dishes that... that um, so here's the one we were talking about that... Uh, is not on menus yet, mm-hmm. but it's called lupini, and lupini is lupine bean that has like been wolf, lupus. Yeah, yeah, it would be that would be I guess the bean was named after the wolf kind oh. of thing, and uh, they're just beans that have been soaked in. Um, oh, I better not get this wrong. <laughs> it, it's a bean that has been soaked in water and oregano and salt, and they're very salty. And what you do is, I think you, my dad makes them, and. Uh, I'm not a big fan of them, so I've never really paid attention. And basically, you change the water, and you let them soak for a a time, and then you put them in a little bowl, and you eat them like you would, let's say, peanuts while you're, Hmm. you know, watching. Or if you have friends over, you put them out. And what you do is you take the bean, and because the bean is in a bit of a... Brine? No, a shell. Like, you know how a bean will have a casing over it? Mm -hmm. So not a bean like a... 
like a, a pea. pea pod, but a skin. Almost? A skin. It has the skin. That's exactly what I was going for. And what you do is you kind of break the skin so that that come. You don't eat that part, but the actual center part of the bean goes into your mouth. And it's a very square shaped bean, so it's not like a navy bean. When I'm talking about that, it's more like um, like a corn nut. Mm, no, not quite. Mm. It's its own thing. I'll it's, post a picture and you'll see what a lupine yeah. bean looks like. But yeah, that's one of the things that I've not seen anywhere in any restaurants. And I'm just waiting for that to happen. I had, you you were mentioning polenta. Mm. I grew up not ever having sure. it. About three years ago, I had polenta fries. Okay. Oh my gosh. They were incredible. Mm-hmm. And it inspired me to cook polenta of my own. Right. I tried it once as... Um, a layer for lasagna so instead of using noodles i made a polenta lasagna it was mush tacular okay. right but then another time i made chicken cacciatore and instead of potatoes or pasta mm. i made um, a parmesan cheese dijon polenta okay and put the chicken cacciatore over top of that right so i'm a huge advocate of polenta there you go see or with honey in the morning polenta and honey try it sure mm-hmm. hey listen you know, stranger stranger combinations, uh, you know, are out there. What's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Well, that's a great question. The strangest thing I've ever eaten. Um, uh, recently, I had guacamole with um, grasshoppers on them. Uh, if you ever had that, it's a very Mexican. Um, I want to say it's from Mexico City. I think mm. is where it's from. And when we were in Mexico City, we were like let's get the guacamole and, the, and it said with grasshoppers are like the traditional way I'm like yeah let's get it and they're little dried grasshoppers that are on top and add a kind of crunch a, mm, they weren't even that crunchy because they were small grasshoppers not like mm. the grasshoppers we see here they're kind of like a spice they were almost like little tiny shrimp that have been oh, dried yeah. uh, but my wife had an allergy to them so I had to get some it's interesting when you have to get medicine in a country where you may or may not speak the language so well and so I had to get um an antihistamine for her with regards to that so no more um grasshopper grasshopper for her but i didn't mind them at all and then have you ever had corn smut Mm -hmm. Uh, no i'm gonna say this wrong today's the episode of marco can't get any (laughs) any um word right uh and it's all like spanish words from mexico that i'm i'm massacring so i apologize to anyone who's listening from uh mexico or who's of mexican heritage who's probably just pulling their hairs out but there's this corn smut so it's kind of a fungus that grows on corn that um in north america we we throw that away but in mexico it's very prized oh, wow. and so you make things with this uh culture or something like that oh i'm so sorry and i know it because every time we're in mexico we're like we've got to get it it's delicious it's mm. like this really rich and flavorful and deep richness with with the corn it's it's fantastic do you ever find that the way you eat a certain food mm-hmm. or how it is served, not cooked, served, makes it taste better or worse? Oh, I agree with that 100%. Like, for me, it's ice cream in a mug. You have got to have ice cream in a I mug. I see. No bowls. Mugs. Mugs. mugs is, let me ask you this. Mug versus cup. I mean... I'm a teacup person. Is that a hybrid? No, like, so when you drink tea, you like it in a teacup, like a fancy teacup, like with a thin handle and a saucer? In a saucer, I would prefer it that way. Okay. 
However, every morning I drink it out of a mug. Okay, because you know it's interesting because I was thinking about that not too long ago. It's like, you know, when you watch these old British um, type series or soap operas like Downton Abbey, they're sipping tea from very dainty tea. Bone china. Bone china, right? But how much tea can you get in that? I think we're just used to having mug full of, full of uh, liquids. Give me a big one. Yeah. Right. But back in the day, you would sip your tea out of a teacup, a fine, beautiful teacup. And it almost seemed as an accessory to the conversation. It was never about the tea. It was about masking it in this tea ceremony or this sure. tea time so that you could gossip or discuss certain things or who's marrying who. See, I, I certainly like my coffee in the right holder. So I like my espresso in an espresso cup mm-hmm. and I don't like it glass Some in some parts of Italy or some people feel that if you drink it out of a glass, it's better than drinking it out of a porcelain. No, I disagree mm. with that. I like it in a porcelain uh, espresso cup. I like my coffee in a coffee um, cup or mug mm-hmm. and I like my um, tea out of a teacup. Pretty much, yeah. There's just something about a teacup. It makes me feel delicate. Sure. And I am, it, you know, I've got broad shoulders. I'm not a tiny woman. Right. But something about drinking out of a teacup makes me feel fancy, educated, and delicate. Well, I love the way that sounds. You know, we talk a lot about tea on the Insomnia Project. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about tea. I think tea is one of those relaxing beverages, mm-hmm. and I think we just sort of talk about it, and mm-hmm. and both myself and Nitty love tea, so mm-hmm. it's just a natural to talk about tea. Do you um, like your tea steeped long or lightly steeped? When I'm drinking it for the caffeine, mm-hmm. as long as possible. Really? Yeah, I need a punch to wake up. Okay. Um, I I have trouble waking up in the mornings, so I need that caffeine punch. Whereas if I'm drinking it to relax, mm-hmm. just a quick, quick, like one to two minutes done. There you go. And two minutes sometimes it can make it go bitter. Yeah, because it the tannins are released from the tea. I have some some beautiful. British tea. I'll make you one if you want. This black tea that's like a bullet tea and it's wonderful. Um, and I steep it lightly because I like to steep my bag a second time. Mm. Not to, you know, save money or be environmental no. or whatever, but I heard if you steep your bag of black tea, the second time you get more uh, antioxidants than you uh. do the first time. So I'm a big believer in the second steep. Mm-hmm. of your black tea. That's very smart. And I don't like my Earl Grey, which we had a whole episode on Earl Grey and the origins and who the Earl Grey was a couple episodes back. And um, I like my Earl Grey lightly steeped. Yes, that's a very floral tea. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be quite overpowering. Have you had Lady Grey? Of course, we talked oh. about Lady Grey. Prince of Wales? Uh, we didn't talk about Prince of Wales, but... What's in the Princess Prince of Wales? It's a great tea. I do like it. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Or Irish breakfast versus Love English Irish breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. And there's a difference in citrus there, I believe. Yeah. I learned, I don't know if this is true or not, but once you add milk to your tea, which like happens quite often, mm. it cancels out the antioxidants oh, that no, are in there. Really? So if you're going to drink black tea, drink black tea, or if you're going to drink a fancy drink, you know, add sugar and all that stuff and know that you're not 
getting it for healing properties more so than um, flavor. And if you're going to find out more about what Ashley Camo is doing, do you have a website where people can go? I sure do. It's www.ashleycomo.com, my full name. And we'll have it on the um, podcast notes, so you can take definitely take a look at that. Uh, until the next time we're in front of this microphone, Ashley, I want to thank you for being part of the Insomnia Project. Thank you so much. Let's go have a mug of ice cream. We will, with some tea on the side. (laughs) You've listened to the Insomnia Project. As always, we are produced by Drumcast Productions, and today's episode was recorded in Toronto, Canada.